Lights, camera, action. Hey everyone. Hey guys. Welcome back to our podcast. We are excited to share with you the movie American Underdog today. So we're going to try to get through some things quickly because we do have a special guest coming on again that we are very excited about. So without further ado, I will start with introductory details. So American Underdog was actually released on Christmas in 2021. It was directed by John and Andrew Irwin. It is starring Zachary Levi, Anna Pasquin. Is that how you say your name? Paskin? Pa- <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's... Packin. Paquin. It, it, yeah, it's Paquin. <laughs> I thought I saw an S in there and I was yeah, wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Paquin. And Dennis Quaid. It was distributed by Lionsgate Films. It has a runtime of one hour and 52 minutes. It is rated PG and the budget was $25 million and they just barely broke even with a box office total of $26.5 million. Now, one thing you have to keep in mind with that is that this movie was released during COVID. Yes. I mean, it was December of 21, so kind of on the tail end, but Mm -hmm. really big box office movies didn't really get going again until like kind of mid, uh, early 2022. And I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but it was released on Christmas and I feel like Christmas Day and the, I mean, the next like week or two after Christmas, usually people are doing stuff with family. So a thought it's, isn't really to go to movie theaters. It's in hit my or miss. Opinion. For a lot of people, it actually is because um, Christmas release date it, uh, movies is like a big thing. They usually <laughs> do very well because a lot of people are on Christmas vacation. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, You know, and like not everybody likes to play board games like our families do, so they don't know what to do. So they go to the movies. But like uh, Star Wars uh, Episode 7, it's still in the top, at least top 15 all time highest grossing movies. It was released on Christmas. Hmm. So anywho. All right. Well, I'm going to jump into some fun facts. I didn't have a ton about the movie itself, so I kind of just dove into some about Kurt Warner since this movie is about Kurt Warner. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes for everything related to this movie. Like, there were literally two sentences for production details. Um, It's just the movie's not even quite two years old yet. I think a lot of those details either haven't surfaced yet or just the nature of this movie. There's not a whole lot to it. I mean. Mm Um, it's pretty straightforward in terms of they picked a location and they shot the film. Right. Yeah. So my fun fact about the movie is that, um, Kurt Warner said in an interview that he was very involved in the making of the movie. He gave Zachary Levi tips on how to throw a football and how to look like an NFL quarterback. And Zachary Levi spent several days around the Warner family just to kind of give him a sense of how they interact with each other, what their family dynamics are and that kind of thing. So Kurt and his wife, Brenda, were also um, like present on the set, too, for about half of the filming. That's cool. I think that's good. Um, I mean, I obviously don't know Kurt Warner and how he acts in person or anything like that, but I felt like... um, it felt very genuine, just especially mm-hmm. like the relationships between Zachary Levi playing Kerr and Anna Paquin playing Deborah. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed very sincere. So I'm sure having them on set really made a big difference. Yes, I agree. Um, so now I'm going to just go into some Kurt Warner facts. So one thing is that, well, I guess this is kind of about Kurt Warner, kind of still about the movie. But there were several significant things that were not included in, in the movie just because it would have allotted, it would have added a lot to the runtime. So, for example, before Kurt Warner played for the Rams, he was actually sent to play for NFL Europe for the Amsterdam Admirals. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so he led that league with... Um, now, I had to write this down because I don't know much about football, but he led the league with passing yards and touchdowns. And then his first season with the Rams um, wasn't as great. Obviously, we kind of see that in the... Well, no, we don't see that. No, you don't see that. So one thing that they kind of uh, 
glossed over, I guess, or maybe changed in the movie a little bit, didn't really touch on, mm-hmm. was that Kurt Warner was actually with the Rams in there longer than Trent Green was. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So um, he was actually there in 1998 and Trent Green wasn't there until 99. Mm. So it, they kind of made it seem like like he came in and it was Trent's team in mm-hmm. the movie. But in actuality, Kurt was already there. Yeah. But um, it's still a good storytelling device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my next one is that before... Kurt Warner played arena football with the Iowa Barnstormers, which is something that you do see in the movie. He requested a tryout with the Chicago Bears. Um, He got the tryout, but he couldn't go because of an injury to his throwing elbow. And the injury was from a bug bite he got during his honeymoon in Jamaica. And so in an interview, he said, to this day, this was his quote, to this day, We still don't know what it was that bit me. He said that his elbow swelled to about the size of a grapefruit. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. One, very curious to know what bit him. And then two, that really hurts to hear that the Bears could have potentially had Kurt Warner. Right. I'm a diehard Bears fan. And the, the idea of having Kurt Warner, I mean, we've really never historically as a franchise had a phenomenal quarterback, a standout quarterback. Um. And I remember watching Kurt Warner growing up. Um, That would have been amazing. Mm -hmm. But also kind of glad because I think we have had some some good quarterbacks. And unfortunately, the Bears franchise has ruined a lot of quarterbacks. So Mm -hmm. probably a good thing. Yeah. Well, uh, I did find out that doctors, because he went to see a doctor about it, they figured it was likely they didn't they still didn't know for sure. But they said it was likely either a spider or a centipede. Wow. Wonder if it was a big centipede to swell up like that. Yeah, I don't know. And then my last fun fact is that after Kurt retired from the NFL, he worked as a broadcaster for the Iowa Barnstormers, and he also began working as an analyst for the NFL. Yeah, I didn't know he uh, did that for the Barnstormers. I did know that he was an analyst because I remember seeing him on ESPN after he retired. Mm-hmm. And I didn't include this in my like writing things down, but he was also on Dancing with the Stars, which is one of my favorite shows. Yes. So that was kind of cool. I watched a couple of his um uh dances or choreography things and whatever. And um he did a good job. And he actually I read an interview about like with him after he got eliminated. Yeah. And he was not a happy camper about being eliminated he said that he felt he did not deserve to go home but really yeah well that's that competitive spirit i mean he's a champion Mm -hmm. you know so yeah Yeah. and also not that this is super important but did you know that he cameoed on the sweet life on deck i did know that too forgot to add that in yeah so the disney channel tv show sequel to um sweet Sweet life Life of zach Zach and and Cody. cody Uh, He was a guest star on there on one episode, and I still remember when it aired, and it was awesome. And because I love that show, I love the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and Sweet Life on Deck. And then out of nowhere, Kurt Warner shows up. They're playing football on the ship. It was was pretty cool. (laughs) Well, that is all my fun facts. So take it away with your two sentence production details, John. Okay. Well, (laughs) buckle up because I've got a lot. No, I'm just kidding. What I have is that. Um, there had been a Kurt Warner biopic movie kind of thrown around in the works by, um, or since around February of 2020. And they originally titled it American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. They later shortened it to just American Underdog. Filming began in January of 2021 and it concluded on March 6th. They shot in Atlanta and Oklahoma City. And that's it. (laughs) All right. Yep. That's all I have. So how would you rate this movie? Scale of one to 100. Or would you like me to go first? Uh, I can go first. Okay. I really, really, really liked this movie. I love this movie. So full disclosure to our listeners, this was one movie that we picked that we had not seen before. Mm -hmm. So pretty much every other movie on this list or in this season, we have, um, seen before there's some of our favorites but we wanted to pick one movie that neither of us had seen and that was this movie um i agree 1000 percent. never saw it 
movie blew me away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love this movie. Yeah. It was just like I was shocked at how much I loved it. And it was so well put together. And the story is just amazing. Like it was a roller coaster of emotions the whole time. Yeah. Um, so I, what did I rate Interstellar? Interstellar was a 98 and a half for both of us. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't go over that because I still love Interstellar the most. But I think I'm going to give this one a 94. Okay. I was thinking 95. This is a solid 95 for me. Um, Let's just go right into what we liked about it, what we didn't like or favorite scenes or whatever. So this movie for me was phenomenal. Um, I think, like you said, definitely an emotional roller coaster throughout the whole film. Um, like while we were watching it, I had to get up and get a tissue. And I, I literally said, I said, I never expected to cry this much watching football. Like mm-hmm. it just like I knew that Kurt had a, a rough road to getting to the NFL. Um, I knew that he was bagging groceries beforehand and whatnot, but I did not know his full story. And I did not know anything about Brenda and their children um, and, you know, how he stepped in and was a dad for Zach and I forget her daughter's name. Um, but he was a dad for them and, you know, Zach's situation as well as just, I mean, it was just time and time again throughout the movie, they were just dealing with suffering, you know, heartache, Mm -hmm. struggle. And, um, Kurt was that guy that just would not go down and to see it all play out was just amazing. As well as the fact that their faith, both Kurt and Brenda's was just intertwined throughout the whole movie. Um, really, really, really cool, really, really powerful. Um, and I just, I have so much love and respect for this movie. The Irwin brothers who did this movie have done a lot of phenomenal movies. So their movies are all faith-based movies. Um, so, you know, like A Mom's Night Out is one of their big ones. Um, The Jesus Revolution, uh, that just came out earlier this year. That was Mm -hmm. one of them. Um, and they've done lots and lots of others. Woodlawn, that was another big one with Sean Astin. Um, he played Rudy in the the movie Rudy. Um, he was also in Lord of the Rings. So anyways, they've, they've done some big stuff, but all of their movies are faith-based. Um, and just, it was just really, really cool. I, it, it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, as far as scenes go, I really liked the scene, like when, um, Kurt and Brenda are at the bar where like, you know, Brenda's dancing and, um, Kurt, like, learns how to dance and, you know, goes up yeah. to her and asks her and stuff. I just like that whole scene um, or group of grouping of scenes where they first meet and dance together and stuff. I like the kind of back and forth they, like, play around, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I also really like any of the scenes that Kurt is with Zach. Like, I just love yeah. how, I mean, the first time that Zach and Kurt met, like, it was like immediately something clicked, you know? Right. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was going to say. I was trying to think of like scenes that were specifically my favorite. And uh, the the very first one that came to mind was when Zach um, let Kurt into the house when he showed up for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then Kurt fixed his radio. Mm-hmm. And then they just laid on the bathroom floor together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just just really, really tender and sweet and um just the relationship they had and i also think you know uh very much later in the movie when um kurt lets zach ride on the lawnmower Mm -hmm. um you know it just like you said there was something that clicked between them and it played out really really well on screen but just super super powerful um and really touching i i thought that was cool Yeah, I also, this is just like a smaller scene, but I like the grocery scenes with that one coworker guy that he had. I don't know if he had a name in the movie or not, but I like when, you know, they start throwing food back and forth, you know, like they're playing football. And then I also really like when um, the coworker guy is watching Kurt on TV 
Like yeah. he just kind of stops what he's doing to watch yep. and like, you know, does his little dance thing when. Right. And he's like celebrating. Yeah. He's like, yes, you did it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think another scene that was really, really cool that comes to mind is um, after Kurt had been brought on at the Rams and he was kind of, you know, so the offensive coordinator who is Mike Martz, I don't remember who's played by in this movie, but um, he was really kind of putting Kurt through the ringer and Kurt kind of felt like he didn't have a chance of staying around, kind of like, you know, the Packers um, sent him home pretty quickly. He was just kind of waiting to get sent home, but he was, you know, doing his best. And then the head coach, who was played by Dennis Quaid, um, asked to meet with him and he goes out and he meets with him and they just have this heart to heart and he tells him, you know, he's like, everything that they're saying about you, they said about me when I came on as head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he said he got out of coaching for like 13 or 14 years and that everybody said that when he came back, he was too old. You know, he didn't know what he was doing and on and on and on. And he just shared all this wisdom with him, telling him, he said, everything that I went through in my life prepared me to be ready to be here, to be able to do better than my competitors because I have something that they don't, which is the life experience, you know, in this regard or this aspect, whatever. And just really encouraging Kurt. And then, you know, he said, welcome to the Rams. And mm-hmm. um, that was a really, really cool scene. And, you know, I think Dennis Quaid is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. He was uh, really, really great in the movie I Can Only Imagine, also directed by the Irwin brothers. Um. They also did the Jeremy Camp movie, um, I Can Only Imagine, but, it, or no, I Can Only Imagine was the, uh, the one with Dennis Quaid. The Jeremy Camp one was, I don't remember what that one was called. I don't either. Yeah. Anyways, he did a phenomenal job in this movie and his role was so small, but he really did a great, great job. I mm-hmm. thought that was cool too. Yeah, I agree. I also, I mean, I didn't like watching this scene because it was so hard to watch but like after brenda's parents pass away yeah and she's like sitting on the bathroom floor just crying and like saying like she's so angry at god and like that kind of thing yeah that was so hard to watch but i did appreciate that they just um kind of showed how real brenda's emotions were right and how how that's a real thing like you know and I just appreciated that they they really took the time to, you know, film the that like significant moment, I guess. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. I was actually thinking the same thing. I feel like this movie would not be as great in my mind if it didn't have the emotion that it did. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so much heartache uh, throughout Kurt and Brenda's life. And when that tornado hit Arkansas and her parents were killed. Um, just, I mean, really devastating and raw and to have that scene included where she's just on the bathroom floor and she's just sobbing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just extremely hard to watch and I'm even getting choked up a little bit just ch- talking about it now. Um, but to see it play out on screen where she says what you said, you know, I, I don't understand. I, I'm so angry. I don't understand. It was really huge to me mm-hmm. because, like you said, it is real, um, but it's also important because our relationships with God is what's so important in our life. You know, if, if we are believers and we claim to profess faith in Jesus Christ, then um, w- one thing that a lot of people miss sometimes is that God is a relational God, and that, you know, yes, he's omnipotent, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, um, he already knows the things that you're thinking or that you're feeling, but um, he wants to hear them from you. Sometimes the temptation is to just not bring those things before his feet, or sometimes, you know, we feel like, oh, we, we can't say those things to God, but he created us as emotional beings. So we need to share those things with him um, so that he can 
hold us, so that he can heal us, so that he can help us, lead us, guide us. Um, so I, I thought that was really, really cool that they mm-hmm. kept that in there and really important and impactful. Yeah, I just I appreciated the integration of faith just all throughout the whole movie, how they kind of showed Kurt's curiosity when, you know, they were sitting on the back of the pickup truck. And right. Um, he asked Brenda, you know, like, so I can't remember exa- his exact words, but he said something to the effect of like, oh, so like this is really important to you. Like, right. He's your like, relationship it, it seems with like God. a big part of your life. Yeah. 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 Um, so I appreciated that showing his curiosity, but also showing, you know, like how like i mean at the end of the movie i love that they incorporated that clip from like when kurt warner was it when he won the super bowl that year yes and he just said you know like i want to thank you know this person this person but most of all i want to thank my lord and savior you know like yeah he said i want to give all the praise and the glory to my lord and savior jesus christ yeah i mean that just that guy to to say that publicly um especially at the Super Bowl, which most people regard as, as at least the U.S.'s biggest event. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really love that they incorporated that, too. Yeah. I think that's all I've got. Okay. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Oh, there is one more thing I wanted to touch on. Okay. So one more scene that stuck out to me that really, I mean, just, just was incredible was um, when that blizzard was hitting. And the heat was out in their house. This was after Brenda's parents moved to Arkansas. So they decided to go ahead and drive to Kurt's mom's house. And on the way there, um, the car ran out of gas. They're struggling to make make ends meet. Um, And Kurt said, you know, okay, uh, you know, stay here. And he walks, runs, jogs, whatever, through the blizzard um, to a gas station, which as far as we know, I mean, he said it was a couple miles back and Brenda looked at him. She said it was way more than a couple miles back. And, mm-hmm. you know, he is like, stay here, stay safe. And then he, you know, went to the gas station, got as much gas as he could buy with the money they had on hand and then came back. Um, I, I, you know, it's a little bit different in today's world because we all have cell phones. I don't think that would be our first um, knee jerk reaction because, mm-hmm. again, you know, this is back in. 97 98 when that would have happened Mm -hmm. um so it's just crazy to think that he did that that he persevered and did that because he had to he had to protect his family and provide he didn't back down and i just think that really shows um his heart you know that his mindset the mindset of a champion which is something that we might talk about uh with our guest when he gets uh, um here in a little bit, but, um, just the mindset of being a champion, you know, people like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Kurt Warner, um, those types of people are few and far between, um, the, having that kind of drive and that unwillingness to quit. Um, you can probably look at most people in the military, but especially like your army rangers, your Navy SEALs, those guys, those guys know what that is and that type of mindset. Um, but anyways, I, I guess just having that scene in there where everything's on the line, it, you know, three people's lives are in Kurt's hand and he just goes and does it because he has to. That was a really cool, powerful scene. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, you don't have anything else you want to touch on? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, then I think we better introduce our guest. So in the studio today, we have another guest with us who has not been on the show, and we're really excited about it. He's been in our lives for about a year now. He's uh, actually our church's pastor, very near and dear to our heart. So without further ado, Jeff, welcome to the studio. Thanks so much, man. It's, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So we always start out with all our guests. We just ask, how would you rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 100? Yeah, so I that's hard uh, thinking through that. I rated it as a seventy six. Wow. Really? Okay. So we we rated this movie really high. Okay. Okay. So I rated it a ninety five and M a ninety four. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm way low now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But but to be fair, I think every movie so far on the schedule we've rated in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like 
Yeah. 80s or 90s. Yeah. I think if we like it, we've just given it a 90 or above. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, for me, I was thinking, okay, well, 90 would be like, like 90 and above for me is like an excellent movie. Yeah. Like that's just as good as possible as I can think of. Like 80s, I'm like, that's a great, great movie. Yeah. And so for me, this was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like not, okay. not incredible, not great, right. but just really good. Mm-hmm. So this, I would say your scale is more almost like like a ice skating scale where it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's really hardcore. Yeah. And we're maybe a little bit more generous. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're going to have more friends and fans. I'm, I'm going right. to make people angry uh, that love this movie. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, do you have any favorite scenes? Yeah, so I actually had quite a few favorite scenes. Um, I think my favorite scene, I had a few of them, but maybe the, the one that stands out to me most is Kurt's first visit uh, to Brenda's house. So when he first shows up and the, the two of them laying on the bathroom floor, Zach and um, Kurt is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually, we both said that. Yeah. That was one of our favorite scenes. It was just, there was something really genuine yes and just special i mean the connection between kurt and zach took no time at all yeah and uh, i don't know just very sincere yeah and i think gives you a ton of insight into brenda's character too he sees that she was a marine and gets to meet his meet her mom and you know it's just a it's a really kind of unique scene in the movie and it also has a little bit i mean you guys may have talked about this but uh he asks Zach, what is, what is his name? And he says, Zach. And then Zachary Levi, the actor says, oh, that's a great name. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that's kind of funny because his name is Zach. I think they're playing off of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah they probably are. True. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But yeah. So I love that scene. Um, I think I also, my favorite part of the movie, and this might be why I don't rate it quite as high, um, is because I love the football scenes. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted there to be more football scenes. Um, So almost (laughs) every, but I'm a sports movie guy. So I love sports. I love football. So I wanted to see more of that. But I thought the arena football uh, scenes were really, really good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So hard hitting. It's fast. The crowds are like crazy. Uh, The music is actually really great behind it. It's a little Um, bit hard pumping um, in those scenes. I love where it's when Kurt finds out that this he'll get $100 a touchdown. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so yeah. much fun. Yeah, I agree 100%. The arena football scenes really, if you felt like you could feel the adrenaline in those mm-hmm. scenes. Yeah. And I agree, like having POD on there, like here comes the boom. Like the soundtrack was honestly really, good. really good. So I actually made a few notes on that um, because it's uh, the guy who's responsible for the soundtrack is actually a guitarist and one of the singers in Big Daddy Weave. Oh, really? Which is a Christian band. So he... Yeah. Came on the scene, and I still believe for the Irwin Brothers. So yeah. he started doing songs then, and um, and or kind of the soundtrack and the score. And then he also did this one as well. So there's grits, uh, cross yeah, movement, grits, yep. POD. There's a lot of Christian artists that yeah. are uh, playing in the soundtrack, and they're like Wasn't throwbacks there? too. Yes, like t- early two thousands. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there a Toby Mac one too? That was on the grits. That was on the grits. Yeah. 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 So yeah. every Steph and I, now we're older. So we yeah. <laughs> like when that song came out, that's like late high school, college, yeah. we're dating. So yeah. whenever we hear the, ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, like it, it, we all get excited. So yeah. <laughs> I love that too, that it would come up every once in a while as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I think my, the last sort of favorite scene area is, um, well, actually, I guess I have two more. I love when Kurt takes the blame for the center's mistake yes. in snapping the football. I think that just shows his growth as a leader, yep. uh, the kind of character he has, um, I think was just a great scene. And then also, I really liked the Mike Martz character. Yeah. Um, and so when he is really hard on Kurt, and then they yep. have that conversation in the office where he says, why should I put you in the driver's seat of right. my office? And then on the way out, he calls up Dick Vermeil and says, hey, he's ready. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then kind of to forward a little bit, Kurt throws the first interception and that first drive of the first game. Yeah. And he calls, Mike Martz wants to talk to him on the phone. Kurt's scared to death. And yep. he's like, hey, I would not have put you on the field unless I thought you were a champion. Yep. Right. And I yep. just thought, man, all of that together, I just thought was really powerful. I agree 100%. And I think the timing, at least as far as like filmmaking goes, the way that that played out, uh, you know, you have Ray Lewis on the field who's really, yes. I mean, just talking smack, really getting kind of in Kurt Warner's head. You know, you can kind of tell that he's rattled. Oh, yeah. And then uh, right after that, he throws the interception and then, you know, oh, Mike wants to talk to you. 
just like kind of that dynamic where you feel the pressure of Ray and then, oh no, Mike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it's this huge relief. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, very well done. Well, you just think, I mean, it's a little bit of like, uh oh, I'm going to the principal's office. Yeah. You know, like right. I just, here we go. And you, can, I mean, I felt that way watching the movie. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, this is great. Like, yeah. what encouragement? How, like, that's to, to have someone who's been his sharpest critic mm-hmm. give him such praise. Yeah. It's yep. like, oh yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when he comes out on the field and Isaac Bruce and Marshall Falk, who are just Hall of Famers, right. are like, yeah, we got you. You can yeah. do this. It's just, it's a really powerful part of the movie. Yeah, yeah I sure. agree. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, so that for me was a big part of the movie. Like I loved the football scenes. Yeah. And honestly, among football movies, I think this is some of the best filming of football scenes I've seen. Yeah. I don't know if you guys talked about it, but uh, John Irwin uh, who's one of the two brothers yes. is the director. He started out as a cameraman for ESPN. Really? really? I did not know that. So he actually filmed the Kurt War- second Super Bowl that Kurt Warner was at That's when he crazy. was playing Tom Brady. Yeah. Wow. And he was seeing Kurt Warner on the field looking up at Brenda Warner. And yeah. he saw Brenda Warner and their, their sort of connection and this Marine and kind of the spiky hair. And yeah. he's like, he was thinking, even at that time, I want to know that story. Yeah. And then 10 or 15 years later, he makes this movie. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Cool. Yeah. I'm so glad that you knew that because that, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think that makes the football like he knows how to make that football really real yeah. and mm-hmm. realistic. And I, I think that really came out in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree 100 percent. There's I mean, I wouldn't say that I've seen a lot of football movies, but I mean, if you name it, I've probably seen it. And I've I agree. It felt like every scene that it was filmed on field just felt very real. It didn't feel Hollywood-y. Yes. Like it, it was done well. Well, I think that's the hardest thing to do in a sports movie is that if yeah. the person has played sports, especially for me, baseball, like if someone throws a baseball and I can just tell you've never thrown a baseball before <laughs> or you've never actually hit a baseball. Uh, yeah. So Field of Dreams is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy who plays Shoeless Joe uh, Ray Liotta. Yeah. He cannot swing a baseball bat. <laughs> and it's so yeah. hard for me to watch yeah. in that scene. And so they actually do a great job. Again, I'm taking away some of my trivia, but yeah. uh, Kurt Warner actually taught Zachary Levi how to throw. Yes. Um, and so you can see that, I feel like, a little bit in the movie as well. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we did talk about that. And I think that is probably what distinguishes this as like a good movie or a bad sports movie. For mm-hmm. sure. It, it really is solid in that regard. But um, yeah, I'm ready for some trivia. I am ready for some trivia. Sweet. I think, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm guessing you're probably going to get all these right. Okay. Now you put pressure on me. Now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we have five uh, Kurt Warner based trivia questions. They're not really related to the movie just because the movie only came out not even two years ago. Sure. So um, first question, true or false? The only quarterback in NFL history to throw for three touchdowns in each of his first three seasons was Kurt Warner. For three, in, in each of his first three games? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think okay. I said I was like, that I'm a little sure he, he put Weird. through it in three yeah. seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think he's the first quarterback to throw for over 300 yards in his first three games as well. Yep, that is correct. Until Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. Mahomes <laughs> is breaking every record yes, now. Yes, he is. And the only person that came close to Kurt prior to that was Dan Marino. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'll tell you how good of a quarterback Kurt Warner was when he came exactly. in the league. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Next one. All right. True or false? Kurt Warner was the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl during his first season as the primary starter. I think that's true as well. Yes. Good job. Yep. First quarterback in NFL history to do that. They think he's maybe the best undrafted quarterback of all time. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I, the best undrafted player of all time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I, crazy. I don't think there's even an argument there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't imagine who else this would be. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's exactly. an incredible story. Okay. Next question. Okay. Um, Kurt Warner appeared in three Super Bowls. What teams did he face in each Super Bowl? So the first uh, Super Bowl, he faced the Titans. Yes. That is, I'm going to mention this a little bit, but that was known as the uh, one yard short game. So it's a famous game or uh, the longest yard because they lost, the Titans lost 
on the one yard line. Really? Uh, They stopped it right at the goal line after Kurt Warner had thrown the 80 yard pass to Isaac Bruce to take the lead. They get shut down on the one yard line. So the Titans is the first game. The second game was against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the third game, I remember watching this against the Steelers. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Roethlisberger throws a touchdown pass to win the game and take yep. that third Super Bowl or the second Super Bowl away from, from Kurt, Kurt Warner. And it yep. was heartbreaking to me. I loved yep. Kurt Warner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same here. I remember watching that and I was rooting so hard for Kurt in that game. And it was looking very promising. I know. I thought they had won it. I really thought they had won it. And yeah. then it was just a great play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why does Kurt Warner wear the number 13? Oh, that's a great question. Um, uh, I'm going to guess that it's because he's not superstitious. Right, you're, you're yeah, you're on the right track. Okay, yeah, because basically because of his faith, he yeah. was trying to show that God is bigger than the superstitions. That that doesn't, that. yeah. So yeah, that seems just like Kurt Warner. Yeah, uh, like mm-hmm. a lot of just his. I don't obviously don't know him as a person. We're not friends, but uh, <laughs> I'd love to be friends uh, if Kurt yeah. ever listens to this. But um, yeah, I that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, final question, which I know you're going to get this right. What teams did Kurt Warner play for in the NFL? So he, he started with the St. Louis Rams, yep. which is what he began with. Then he went to the Giants. Yes. Because uh, he got injured. Yes. So they released him. Yep. From the Giants, he went to the Arizona Cardinals. Yep. yep. And then finished as the Cardinals. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly right. All right. So you pretty much got every single question. Yeah. Nailed it, man. Well, I was like, Kurt Warner is one of my favorite players. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, that helped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's all we had prepared for you. So is there anything, it's kind of open season, what do you want to talk about? So I've got a couple of little different areas. Let's talk a little bit about the movie, just some interesting facts that you guys maybe have already talked about. Uh, are you guys a f- fans of Chuck? Have you ever seen oh the TV show yes. Chuck? Yes. It is one of our favorite shows. Mm-hmm. So maybe why this movie is a little bit hard for me to get into the first time I saw it. And I do think Zachary Levi does a great job. But it's just hard for me to think of him as anyone other than Chuck. Yeah. Understandable. And there's still occasionally where he'll do a face that I'll be like, oh, that's a Chuck face. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure if it's Kurt Warner or not, but he did a great job. And they even did a great job of making him look like Kirk Warner. I agree 100%. And I actually, I didn't talk about this earlier in the podcast, but I meant to, was that what I felt like made this movie good was that I didn't feel like I was just watching Zachary Levi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt like he really did a good job of getting into Kurt Warner's character. As well as Anna Paquin, who's yes. a phenomenal actress. She yep. did a great job as Brenda. And I just felt like I was watching these characters mm-hmm. as opposed to these actors. And to that same, sorry, <laughs> to that, to that same end, um, when I watched 13 Hours for the first time, mm. John Krasinski playing Jim for so many years yes. on The Office <laughs> is like, okay, he's this, you know, big time, uh, you know, military guy. But in the same vein as Zachary Levi here did a phenomenal job. Like really, I, I, they sold me. I bought it. I think this was the first movie that I had seen or first thing I had seen Zachary Levi do where he wasn't a some sort of Chuck type of character. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was really helpful to see him that. But I think also they did a great job of making these people because this is still most of these people are still alive and right. it's a recent football story. Like I, I know exactly what Mike Martz looks like. Yeah. And they I know what Kirk Warner looks casting. like. Even mm-hmm. my wife was like, why is Anna Paquin? What is up with her hair? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah. well, you need to see Kurt Warner's wife's yeah. hair during that time. Like <laughs> yeah, it looks really. just yeah. like that. And then he was really broad chested, which yep. Kurt Warner is, is a big guy big dude. Um, for, especially for a quarterback. So, um, but Adam Baldwin is the, yes, yes the coach yeah. for university. Yeah. Of North yeah. North. yeah. As soon as the movie started, I was like, there's Casey. I, know. <laughs> I was like, I love it. So yeah. I thought that was a great little, uh, kind of aspect. Yes. Uh, the coach Dick Vermeil, which is the coach of the yes. St. Louis Rams. Yep. He is also the coach in the movie invincible. Yes. Great okay. movie. Emily has not seen that movie. Mm-hmm. But that's also a great. Actually, when we were talking about having you on the podcast, I almost picked that movie. Uh, I, I love that movie, too. That it's is actually on one. my Mount Rushmore of football. Movies. OK, nice. we'll get to that. But <laughs> but yeah, so I thought it was cool that he actually had two underdogs, Vince Papali, and then yep. also here for um, American Underdog. Mm-hmm. Well, Kurt Warner. And then uh, this is Dennis Quaid's fourth football movie. I did see that when I was reading. Yeah. Everybody's all American. He plays an LSU football player that's trying to figure out life after college football. Any given Sunday, which most people put on their like one of their best football movies of all time. Yeah, it's it's too it's it's a tough movie. Like Mm. I can't get into it. It's it's yeah, it's a little bit off uh, my radar for sure. But The Express, which is a kind of one of the Disney football movies, it's actually really good. He plays the coach there. And then American Underdog. Mm hmm. 
That's wild. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Dennis Quaid's a Christian. Um, yes. And so he's been in, he was actually in another Irwin Brothers movie, I Can Only Imagine, yep. about Mercy Me. Yep. Um, and then he's also in the current Christian movie, The Hill, that just came out. There's a baseball movie that just came out that he is oh, really? in called The Hill. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, okay, we'll have to check that out. Uh, did you know Kurt Warner is in the movie? I did not. I was watching closely because most of the time, like, if yeah, it's about they somebody some, yeah. they'll, and they're still alive, they have him cameo. The, you probably wouldn't have noticed. It's his hand. His, oh, his okay. hand is in the movie. <laughs> but what's interesting, you can actually tell a little bit because quarterback's hands don't look good because yeah. they just get beat up a lot in right. football games. So you see this big kind of knuckles, kind of bruised or whatever hand yeah. that gets in there. And he signs for the car that they buy after he gets the $5,000 um, signing bonus of the Packers. Yeah, I thought it. The only reason I thought it is I thought, how can that signature of Court Warner's be that good? Yeah. Like that looks exact. I collect wow. baseball cards or okay. and football yeah, yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. I've seen his signature. I'm like, that signature looks perfect right. to mm-hmm. Kurt Warner. Yeah. And then I found out later he signed it. Yeah. That's so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, I got a couple, two more things. Okay. Um, Steve Mariucci, who's the guy that cut Kurt Warner um, yeah. from the Packers. Yeah. It didn't quite happen like the movie. It wasn't that fast, but he did cut him. Yeah. Well, he and Kurt Warner ended up broadcasting games and being on like Sunday football and game days and really? all those sort of things. So it's really interesting. They actually have a great scene where they interact and talk about how Mariucci cut him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Mariucci becomes the head coach for the 49ers. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, the Rams just absolutely own the 49ers. <laughs> um, so it's really fun to just kind of see some of the, you yeah. know, kind of inter- interaction between those two in their career. And then really the last one that I have is that Kurt's son, EJ, uh, plays quarterback, is the starting quarterback for the Temple Owls. Oh, and okay. then his son, Cade, is a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, wow. So he has that's two wild. of his kids that actually are playing football as well. That's, that's very awesome. cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought those were some just cool things about either his uh, kind of, you know, his part in the movie or just some aspects of his life that I think are just really interesting. Yeah. yeah sure. Yep. Okay. So I've got, and do you guys watch a lot of sports movies? I would say that I have. I've seen maybe three. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to give you a list now. Okay. You're going to get my right. Mount Rushmore. Right. And you guys can argue with this. This is fine. This is okay. my Mount Rushmore of football films. Now, I should say, I think football films, I think baseball is the best sport for movies. Mm. I, think, I would agree with that. It's probably, honestly, when you think about it, baseball has been explored the most in film. I think like there's been comedies, there's been dramas, yes. there's been like everything in between. It's, I, th- I think I own 20 baseball movies yeah so that just tells you there are a lot of baseball movies yeah Mm -hmm. football i feel like there are less and i do think often because of the nature of football some of the some of those football movies are just the content they're going to be rated r they're just not going to be quite as good content wise but um here's my mount rushmore so rudy as you guys know i've used rudy in sermon illustrations even (laughs) it's my favorite football movie great it's got to be on the mount rushmore Remember the Titans, yes. classic, all-time mm-hmm. classic. That's one that you've seen. Yes, that's yes. one I've seen. It's one of, okay, <laughs> Denzel is still, I think, one of the best representations of a football coach. Like, it's just, yeah. it's so good. Um, remember the Titans. I love We Are Marshall. So, Oh, man, it's been, I think I've only seen that one time. It's been a long time, but that's a good movie. You guys should watch it. I think it's Matthew, like Matthew McConaughey is so good in yeah. that movie. He, he acts as a, so what happens in We Are Marshall is the Marshall football team actually crashes in a plane crash and almost all yes. of the team and all the coaches, almost everyone is, uh, is killed in the crash. Yeah. Wow. And so then they have to figure out if they can have a football team. Yeah. And so they bring in this coach actually from Ohio. I feel like he was at Kenyon or something like this, a small school in Ohio to come over and be the head football coach. He's the only one who did it. They actually get the NCAA to allow them to start freshmen, uh, which were, was not allowed in the NCAA before that, but it's a great movie. And Matthew McConaughey plays this really eccentric funny, good-natured coach that's, yeah. uh, it's great. So I like that one. And then Invincible was my number four great on that list. Movie. Yeah. So I have American Underdog uh, Safety, which is a, a really good movie about a Clemson football player who actually adopts his brother um, and has to like have him like while he's trying to play football at the same time for Clemson and hides him in his dorm room and all oh, this wow. kind of stuff. It's a really good story as well. And then Draft Day, which is a Kevin Costner yes. movie mm-hmm. yep. about the NFL draft. Those are three. That's probably like my next tier of okay. football movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Little Giants. There are a lot of other great football <laughs> movies in there, but those are my top four. Yeah. 
And then my top four sports films okay. um, in here. This gets a little bit harder for me. All sports. So all sports, but I did, yeah. I do try to say, cause I could probably pick like four baseball movies, honestly. <laughs> so I try to yeah. do one from each sport. So yeah. my favorite football movie is Rudy. So Rudy's on the Mount much more. Yep. I think Rudy is easily one of the best four, four sports films of all time. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Uh, I think Hoosiers is the best basketball movie. That is movie. a fantastic movie. I'm also from Indiana. So right, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I probably have some, to, but it's so good. I do think if you're going to just pick one baseball movie, it's got to be Field of Dreams. That's a good movie. It's probably the most iconic. Kevin Costner. Um, it, uh, what's the Jones? Um, Earl Jones. I can't remember his name, but he plays. Yeah. Uh, he has the character. He's Darth Vader's voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You, everybody's going to know that's yeah. listening to this, I, but we won't. I'm kicking uh, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll come to us in like at some point in time. Yeah. Um, but he is fantastic in that movie. I think he's one of the best. That's one of my favorite roles that he's in. And then my, I, the next sport, I'm going to go with hockey being pretty popular, is the movie Miracle. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie, It too. is another really, really good movie. I, have, I added some overs. Baseball, I think Sandlot could be in there. And I think Moneyball could be in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those are both great. I love Aaron Sorkin as a writer. He writes Moneyball. I think yeah. it's a great script. Uh, and then other sports movies that we get in there, I think Rocky is really close. All-time mm-hmm. classic. And then I love Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. We're doing that next season. Yeah, next are you season. Really? Okay. Are. Yes, yes, yeah. we are. I was going to ask you, because like motor, motorsports are absolutely a sport. Yeah. And but some people don't like compare them the same. Sure. I was going to ask if you consider it in that wheelhouse. One hundred percent. I'm I'm very happy to put any golf, any kind of sport yep. movie. I'm happy to put in there. But I think Ford versus Ferrari is fantastic. So good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Christian Bale is incredible. I love Matt Damon. So those are my kind of that's my Rushmore of films with some extra yeah. added. Some in there that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that might be in there. So. I don't think I have anything else as far as uh, things to talk with. It's just, except to say, obviously, as a pastor, I really appreciated uh, the depiction and the display of Kurt and Brenda's faith mm-hmm. throughout the movie. It sounds like you guys maybe talked about that a little bit, but yep. it was intentionally more subtle. So I like mm-hmm. even doing some reading uh, on the Irwin brothers, they wanted this movie to be able to not be a Christian film only, but to be right. for the masses. Right. But I still thought they did a really good job of making faith prominent throughout the movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then depicting So some of my problems with some of the sports movies that are uh, and even Christian films in general. Yep. It almost seems like, well, if I believe in Jesus, then everything's going to go great. Right. We're going to win the championship. We're going to. Yeah. There's actually one like sports film where that's exactly what happens. Like he Mm -hmm. starts to follow Jesus and every single thing goes right. They win the championship. Right. This thing. I love that actually where we see faith most prominent in this movie. Yep. Is in the midst after Brenda's family um, in the tornado. And she's just expressing her frustrations and prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think in a really real way. Yeah. Yep. And then Kurt comes into the hotel room, which I, I guess this should have been on my favorite scene list too. But uh, when Zach is sleeping. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they, he prays out and says, God, I need help. Yeah. Like, yep. I need you. And then Zach kind of gets up and says, yeah, it gets me a little choked up even thinking about it. But yep. mm-hmm. um, it's a great scene. So I really thought the, the Christian faith aspect of it was, was really strong as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Everything you hit on is exactly what we talked about as far as faith goes in the film. Just, I mean, the depiction of, you know, heartache and suffering and turmoil. Like, I truly had no idea. I knew Kurt had a hard road to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I knew, he, you know, the classic story that everybody talks about. He was working at a grocery store, right. you mm-hmm. know. I knew all that. I had no idea that, like, he, he was raised single mom, you know, and that uh, he like basically had no money for right. a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that when he did find love that, you know, he automatically had two kids. Yeah. Right. And I mean, which says a lot about him just in terms of his character and his heart and, uh, you know, loving those kids and being a father to them yeah. right away. Not, not even really thinking about the burden or weight, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and just doing it. But yeah, I just phenomenal, uh, depiction of, really perseverance yes and just having faith and not quitting and believing in who god made you to be yeah Mm -hmm. and i think just that where god where christianity shines most is in suffering yeah like that that really is like maybe alone like yeah christianity is christ is made for suffering 
in, yep. in some aspect. And so it was just really encouraged me that this film really, it's probably most poignant moments of faith happen in the lowest moments of Kurt and uh, Brenda's life. And I, I just thought that was really helpful and, and a great depiction um, that you don't see it often in mm-hmm. films, no. especially a film like this that is, um, you know, has pretty major actors and right. uh, is really well done. So yeah. I was super encouraged by that. Yeah, yeah I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. I think too, like last week we covered A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, oh, yeah. um, which is a phenomenal movie. Um, and I think they focused on faith a little less in that movie than this. Um, but even still their depiction of faith in that regard, just that, um, they were real mm-hmm. and, and they didn't try to hide it. I feel yeah. like in a situation where like Mr. Rogers is universally loved and known by everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But to still include that in the film and in the same way here, Kurt Warner, you know, NFL reaches most people. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to choose to include that it, i i really appreciate that they did that i think that's one of my favorite things about the Irwin brothers i mean as yeah. i think through their i actually listed out their movies but all of their movies have at least most of them are have pretty prominent faith at least undertones they're never really preachy um but they they preach they teach you know and they show those things and so i thought that was really helpful too uh, this is the second football movie they've done so they also did yeah. Woodlawn. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. this is, mm-hmm. they've got some prominence in football as well. But um, I'm, I, we, you and I, we actually got to see Jesus Revolution together yes. at the mm-hmm. theater, uh, which was their kind of latest movie. And then they've got one that's getting ready to come out in theaters right now, Ordinary Angels, that I'm Hillary Swank. And I'm super oh, excited. I just to see. Yeah. saw the trailer for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely need to check that out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's, that's all I've got, man. Okay. okay. Sweet. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us this week. We, uh, just an absolute blast. We really love, I think you're our fourth or fifth guest on the mm-hmm. podcast. Every time we have a guest on here, it's, it's awesome. So much fun. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Well, it's so much fun. It's, I love sports movies. I love yeah. movies. Obviously love you guys. And uh, <laughs> as I don't know how many times you've, I mean, I'm guessing most of the people that you've had on here are also listeners to the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's fun to hear it. And then now I get to be a right. part of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we love you too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get some more sports movies and we'll have to have you back on. Maybe I could just be the resident sports yeah. uh, movie <laughs> expert uh, on the Married to Movies podcast. No, yeah. that's great, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening. We loved um, talking with Jeff. We hope that you enjoyed listening and we are looking forward to our next episode, which is going to be Star Wars Rogue One. It's actually going to be our season finale. So tune in for that. You can watch it on Disney Plus in preparation if you'd like to. And we look forward to seeing you then. Thanks again for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.